Welcome to today's New Life Live podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by you. Your donations make this podcast possible. Please consider donating today using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Welcome to New Life Live with host and founder of New Life Ministries, Stephen Arterburn. For 35 years, New Life has been transforming lives one at a time thanks to the giving hearts of you, our listeners. Our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's hardest places. If you have a question you'd like to ask today, our phone lines are open. Call 1-800-229-3000. That number again is 1-800-229-3000. Now here's Steve. Hello and welcome. It's Becky Brown and I am joined by Chris Williams and Dr. Alice Benton. Hi. Hello, you guys. Hey, How are Becky, you? We're doing great over here. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I am, you know, just so excited. You know, this is the 20th year of our Lose It for Life workshop. We have been helping people shed the weight and figure out what the it is that is causing them to overeat. And to, you know, the thing I always say is that it's not really what you're eating all the time. It's what's eating you Mm -hmm. and what you're feeding. And, you know, so I, you know, there's a, an issue that we all can identify with, you know, food issues, right? But what is that urge that we have to overeat? Where does it come from? And why do we do this? We know that we should eat right, exercise and all that kind of stuff, but we still tend to kind of indulge. What would your uh, input, we have a tip sheet on this, but I just, I want to hear from you and Chris, Alice. Becky, I would say it comes from the void And it's a void of multiple Mm. things. It's a void of secure attachment in relationship where we can go for comfort. It's a lack of consolation, healthy consolation in our lives. And it certainly can be boredom as well for some of us. For me at times, it's my lack of self-control. And it's often a Mm -hmm. combination of all of these things that if we try to face it and have victory over it alone, we tend to suffer defeat after defeat. But Lose It For Life Mm. turns that on its head, helps us to identify what the void is and how to fill it appropriately in a holy, healthy, and sustainable way. I love that. I love that. Chris, um, what is it that causes people to not fill the void with the good things? What is it that drives well, us? To I don't know. It? When it comes to chocolate chip cookies, I have no idea. Uh, he hasn't solved <laughs> like, that problem like, yet. <laughs> like, riddle me that one, all right? Because they just taste so good. Um, yes. I absolutely... No, but just what Alice was saying, you know, when, when we substitute certain needs in our life like a need for connection a need for support Mm -hmm. and to be vulnerable to relationship or to be vulnerable to something else that doesn't work or didn't show up for us we become invulnerable to people Mm -hmm. and vulnerable Mm -hmm. to food and and we'll just notice that the that that our unhealthy relationship to food is actually an unhealthy relationship to ourselves people and the world around us and and it's one of the more more difficult i want there to be a lot of compassion a lot of grace for people because it is a really really difficult compulsion or struggle or addiction whatever you want to call it to recover from because Mm -hmm. it's not because you have to have a relationship with food and right. whether whether you're restricting too much or whether you're eat, consuming too much or whether it just has too big of a part of your life because you still have to have a relationship to it 
but you also need to reorganize your relationship to yourself, others, mm-hmm. and the world around you. Mm-hmm. And that's a big ask. Right. You know, yeah. Just going back to your chocolate chip analogy, you know, food is a faithful friend, right? Mm-hmm. It, until it's not. And yes. that's what you're talking about is that it does help us cope with isolation, but not in the best way possible. It just ends to more isolation. But there is a lot of compassion. And I tell you, after, I mean, I've been doing Lose It For Life for 20 years. And uh, I can tell you about all of the testimonies of people figuring out how it works for them. We have a tips sheet that you can call and ask for. Nine strategies to cope with the urge to overeat. Um, it's a little taste, no pun intended, of Lose It For Life. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you, if this is an issue that you've continued to struggle with, call us, get registered for Loser for Life Online. It's going to be on March 18th. We're going to have Michelle Spedafora, as as well as Steve Arterburn, who's going to share. And I think it's going to be a great day of connection and really getting to the it of what is causing us to turn to food for things that it's not supposed to do. And I hope that it'll encourage you, and I know it will. I've heard too many testimonies to say otherwise. We'll be right back. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, I just mentioned Lose It For Life online, and Chris and I and Alice were talking at the break. Chris, you want to expand on that thought a little bit. Yeah, well, there's a lot. It's a big, big issue, right? And it could Mm -hmm. stem from a lot of issues. But I'm just going to take one in particular. I'm going to take depression. Now, depression is caused by a lot of things. And again, it's a big one. But let's just take one. I'm depressed because I don't have strong connections in my life. Let me reverse that one step further. Depression is a lack of energy, usable energy in the brain. And so the brain gets depressed and depresses the body. Mm-hmm. So connection with other people that is healthy, invigorating, it provides energy. But if my relationship with people in my life has been painful and I isolate and then I become depressed and then I become anxious and then it perpetuates the problem. Well, there's this thing in our brain called dopamine that healthy connection activates as well as oxytocin. But that chocolate chip cookie I was talking about also produces dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a substitute and it becomes my primary connection to try to to soothe my depression. And it becomes Mm -hmm. my antidepressant. That only leads to more depression without addressing my primary relationship to other people and relationships in my life. That's beautiful. And we're going to talk all about that at Lose It For Life. And that's, that is just one corner, but it is so complex. And so I just don't, you know, I, I think so many times we think I just need to lose a little weight. But what we don't realize is we need to lose the it, the thing that's mm-hmm. driving us yeah. to overeat. So glad you explained that. And I just you know, hope that someone out there is listening and says, you know, I want to get rid of the it. And I want to figure out how to have the full life that God has for me. Right now, we're going to talk to Sarah, who's calling us from Baltimore, Maryland. And she listens on WAVA, great station out there. Hi, Sarah. How can we help you today? Thank you for taking my call. I got yes. a question. No, I'm trying to get help for my son who is trying to, to walk away from the Christian faith. Okay. 
How old is he, Sarah? Yeah. He is 19. Okay. And does he live with you? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And what has he said to you about walking away from his faith? So what he is saying uh, is the problem here is that he has um, issue with the the God three heads, the, the Trinity, let's say. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. He's kind of confused. He is thinking that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three different gods. He says he does believe in God, but he does not believe in the Holy Spirit. He does not believe that Jesus is the Holy Spirit, the Son, as he is God as well. So he is kind of confused with that. I took him some, I took him to a pastor that tried to talk and explain to him the position of the Holy Spirit and the position of, of Jesus and all of that. But he said that the man is trying to make him to receive Jesus as his Savior because the pastor had called me and said that he was trying to make him to understand that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are three different, but they are work in one. But he are trying to get him to receive Jesus as his Savior because he gave him a scenario saying that if you should die today or tomorrow, the Holy Spirit is not going to save you. The person not going to save you is Jesus. Do you okay. want to receive Jesus as your so, Savior? So he says no. So, Sarah... Listen, what is it that, like, how can we help you best? You know, because a lot of times the theological questions can run deep, but what is your relationship like with him that we can help you in this subject? Well, honestly, we got a good good relationship because I don't want to push him, push him to drop him away from the faith. So I'm trying to be really, I'm kind of trying to hold him and trying to keep my relationship with him. We have a very good relationship. The only okay. thing is that I'm not I'm trying to not have him driving away. So I'm trying mm. to see if I can have have help of somebody talking to him to really explain to him what really it is. Because I'm thinking that he is confused in okay. the that whole Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Chris so or Alice, who wants to start? How I <clears throat> yeah, so... You're telling us that your son has an intellectual, theological, and philosophical problem with the doctrine of the Trinity. Well, welcome to 2,000 years of, Christian, yeah. of Christendom, right? right? right. It, it, is that this is a difficult thing, and, and that your fear is that he's going to walk away from it. Well, we encounter certain beliefs throughout our life that we question and that we wrestle with, and sometimes we even change and transform. That's what we call maturation, if it's done in a healthy way, in an honest way. And But I think that, that I would be careful of imposing your story of he's walking away from faith because he's wrestling with this very, very difficult thing. Because what I would like to tell to your son today is like, yeah, man, it's really weird and confusing, and, and I don't get it either. And, and that the God that I believe in is so far be so big that he created the universe that I'm never going to really fully understand. And that's mm. not my job. Mm. My job is not to understand God. My job is to receive God. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I, I would say, especially as mom, as you live out authentically your faith, 
as you're even honest to maybe some of your own doubts mm-hmm. and some of your own securities and some you know things that we don't know, like things that may even mm-hmm. seem contradictory. I think when we're honest to those things, it helps us also get down to, I think, the foundations of faith. Um, I, I like to mm-hmm. tell the story, and it, it may be lore, it may be real, but you know, this great theologian, Karl Barth, was uh, um, talking at this huge conference in Chicago, and, and all of the best intellectual minds in the world in, of, of, of Christianity and faith are there. And a reporter asked him, out of all, you know, Dr. Barth, out of all of the things that you have studied, what is the most profound truth about your faith? And he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And, 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 That's powerful. And so for us, I really believe that when we return down to the basics of what I say, what I know, that I know, that I know. But especially at 19 years old, he may still have a lot of wrestling and fighting ahead of him. Mm-hmm. To get to the things that he knows, that he knows, that he knows. And that's just part of the process. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Alice, what would you add to that? Sarah, would you tell us what his father's role is in this conversation? Well, um, well um, it was, um, I think, I think two Sundays ago, we got ready to go to church, and I went downstairs and he asked him, is he getting ready to go to church? He said no. So his father was not home. He had, he was at work. And when I got home, I said to him, oh, this boy is not going to church. And when I tell him to go to church, he, and suddenly he said to me, you don't force anybody in the church of God. I said, okay. And I walked away. And I just went my way and started to cry, you know, cry my heart out to God. And asking him to, you know, just move and do the things that he do best. So, you know, and win it, him, they win them over. Does your you know, does your I mean, husband's response and your son's questioning does it elicit fear in you? I, I, I would say yes because you know, I mean, for him as a father, maybe when I ask the question, maybe he will say, "Okay, we'll answer you later. Let's just, you know, keep it at that." But to answer me right there and then. Like, you can't force anybody into this car business, and they kind of make me fearful, you know, and then... I think it it, it felt like your husband was kind of abandoning you to the problem that he wasn't going to do anything about it because you don't force somebody into a relationship. Yes, yes. So I'm going to recommend that you and and invite your husband to do this too, that you enter into conversation with your son with a humble, gentle curiosity. Rather than going in to convince him of what the truth is, Mm -hmm. I hope you will draw out what his thoughts are about it, what his doubts are in addition to what he's told you and how he's feeling about it. Uh, because it's a really good sign that your son is thinking so deeply about God that he's questioning the mm-hmm. Trinity. To me, that means you got an intellectual boy mm-hmm. here who put some time yeah. into his thought okay. about God. You know, you saw, you saw, I don't want to talk to the terminal. They say, you know what? He's getting his dad. He's trying to find, to have his own testimony to mm-hmm. give out to people. But, and he doesn't want to follow your lead. He doesn't want to follow your way. He wants to find it out for himself. So maybe he's going to be one of these people that will stay on the platform and calling people out to God, you know. Maybe so. He can't or not, you know, and say it's a prophecy. 
Yes, yeah. you have to okay. and it's very hard. But it's just like, <laughs> but Sarah, it, like it, a mom, you Sarah, know, it, it would frighten me as a mom as well because I have a need for yeah, my exactly. family to participate in faith <laughs> and mm-hmm. to worship, and I'm I'm afraid yeah. that if they don't, that they're missing out on some of the blessings yeah. that God wants to give them. So, in addition to drawing exactly. out more of his thoughts and feelings without trying to convince him otherwise in this conversation, I actually want you to give him permission <clears throat> to doubt. Because he can, and you, and we can't stop it. And it is okay to doubt, especially if we mm-hmm. doubt and continue mm-hmm. to search. Give him permission to doubt, mm-hmm. and then invite him to tell you and your husband how he wants to relate to God, how he wants to practice searching out faith as a mm-hmm. family. In my household, Sarah, I, I intend, my children are still young, the oldest is 10, but I intend to always require that we participate in faith somehow as a family. Maybe sometimes it won't be as traditional as going to church. Maybe sometimes it will be reading the Bible together, watching the chosen video uh, TV series together. Maybe it will be non-traditional, but I want us as a family to agree upon some way that we will seek out relationship with God. So invite your son to come up Mm -hmm. with some ideas. It's got to be something, but he can help decide how he will search God out with you. Well, and you want to make sure, Sarah, Sarah, you want to make sure that your relationship doesn't become all about his faith journey. The, you know, at 19, this is part of the leave, you know, he's going to leave at some point. And you want to have a relationship with him that's not about your fear that he's going to depart from the faith. And like Alice said, that curiosity, the just the open dialogue about what do you think and what are you feeling? What do you, you know, what do you think about the world around you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can relieve some of your fears, but also your trust has to be that God loves him more than you actually love him, which is hard mm-hmm. to even conceptualize. Chris, what would you offer, Sarah? I would just say one more thing on all that. Maybe a little (laughs) controversy, and I'm okay being wrong on this. But oftentimes we hear that story of the prodigal son. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and actually there's two brothers in there. And oftentimes it's told to us as a cautionary tale to avoid. But I believe that that's the wrong telling of the story. Mm. I believe that our prodigal Mm. story is necessary for our faith. Mm. I believe that the prodigal is all of us in some ways. Mm-hmm. I would even go as far to say that if we don't get in touch with our prodigal, our rebellious, our questioning side, we just all end up being like the crumungum, grumpy uh. older brother. <laughs> small, I heart, love that. small hearted, small thinking, controlled, but leaving out, being left out of the joy and festivities of God's great mm-hmm. grace. So... Mm-hmm. Sarah, you're going to have to tell me how to do this when my kids get get to be 19 years old. But I believe that that the best we can do is follow the follow father's example in the prodigal story, and let them go. Yeah, let them know, let I them do. discover their own product, their own distant country, and the misery that that will create. I do agree with that. I have all of mine are over 30, Sarah, and it is um, it is a journey that they have to take. I am not their parent, so to speak, anymore, and it's it is a uh, it's a balancing act. You shift roles from I need to tell you how to do things and what to do to. Let me see how you do with what I've taught you. 
and let me be open so that we can have these conversations. And and he knows, Sarah, where you stand. He knows that you're praying for him. And uh, that is a great legacy of faith for him. And uh, I just want to remind you, God has him in the palm of his hand and has a way and a path. Amen. And, and even if your son doesn't realize it, the Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to him and drawing him because that's how that works. And um, we'll be praying. What's his first name, Sarah? We'll be praying for him. Adrian. Okay, we'll be praying for him. We'll be right back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We're still taking your calls. We've got some spaces available, 1-800-229-3000. And, you know, you guys, I just came um, off of two back-to-back weekend workshops. We had our Intimacy and Marriage, our Restore. Of course, I don't work at Every Man's Battle, but uh, we had that following those two. And what I am amazed with over and over again is how people are transformed um, through the process. But let me tell you, Friday afternoon is a little tense because Mm -hmm. people are coming in with the expectation but also they're reacting to everything around them. And, you know, there's not a lot of peace. That's what brings them to the workshop. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to they work on something. But, you know, Chris, what, what would you say about that whole concept of reactivity and how it can govern our lives? Yes. Yeah, so, all right. Uh, let me go down the trail a little bit. We <laughs> are powerless, period, mm. Right. Now, as human beings on planet Earth, we have plenty of what we like to refer to as agency. It was simply said, the ability to make something of ourselves and the world around us. However, you know, anything could happen at any... We also know the fragility of life. We know the mm-hmm. the fragility of ourselves and the harm and the dangers and the pain and, and the opportunity for pain. The threats are all around us. Now, we are designed to survive those, you know, at a mm-hmm. very fundamental level. But that design to survive actually is more primal and a little bit stronger than our design to thrive. Mm. And so I like to say it like this. The things that allow us to survive our childhood will never help us thrive in our adulthood. So as we see in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, I survived like a child, but when I was an adult, I had to leave those things behind to find new life and maturation. Mm. So how does this refer to reactivity? Back to our design. When there is a present threat our brain shuts down all other functions and hyper-focuses on what that threat is. It's really, really helpful if that threat is visual. If a rattlesnake came here in the room, all of the colors in the room would disappear except for what was on the rattlesnake. Every bit of my attention and being would be focused on the rattlesnake. That is reactivity. Now, along with that, inside of me is my defense mechanism that kicks in of my fight, flight, freeze. I'm going to fight that thing. I'm going to freeze, most likely. That's what I'll start with. (laughs) Or flee. Get out of there, right? Now, I'll probably obviously be aware of Alice, and she'll probably be the brave one in the room and take care of it, (laughs) you know? And so I'll get get exposed from my cowardice and all of that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but regardless, her and I will both be handling that shared experience. But what happens if the threat is constant and unseen? Mm. Now, the constant threat could be an abusive parent. And the abusive parent could show up at any time, anywhere. And when that pain and fear do not get healed, it metastasizes itself mm -hmm. into a, a deeper grounding inside mm -hmm. of us to say that danger, 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 danger. That's reactivity. Mm. And so it, th this is a real sciencey stuff. So bear with me just a little bit longer, guys. <laughs> we experience that through our sensory data, our sight, our smell, our taste, our um, our feel. Mm. And so if it smells like it, if it looks like it, if it sounds like it, then it's it. Mm. So let me give you a real life example. Anger in my home meant that I got hurt. That was my experience. So I get into marriage, and anger in my marriage means I get hurt. Mm -hmm. What I'm reacting to, so I'm in this constant state of hypervigilance towards anger. I can't move into your anger. I can't hear your anger. All I can do is look out for you. Once you become angry, then you are the threat. You are the monster mm. that I have to defend myself against. Let me take it one step further. Because anger and I got hurt as as a kid, that also our unhealed pain turns into or metastasizes into shame, the meaning we make of it. Mm. So I must, because I didn't follow through with something or I did something wrong and I got hurt, that means something is wrong with me. Mm. I am a damaged human being that creates pain that causes something, pain for myself. The other people are disappointed. So then that turns into a message like, Chris, you're not good enough. Mm. Now, reactivity is looking. Now, not good enough becomes my rattlesnake. It becomes mm. all of the ways I'm looking for in the world of how I'm not good enough and protecting myself against that. That's our organizing principle. And so fear, anger, sadness, shame, frustration – are just living inside of me down to my bones. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, that's why this healing process is so important because Jesus wants something very, very different for us. You had a verse yes. for that. Right. Yeah, um, it is let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And I think that that's, you know, that is at the core of it. I love that explanation, Chris. And you know, one of the things that we do at our workshops is to unpack these things. And we've got some online workshops coming up that you'll have the breakout groups. You'll have excellent teaching. Chris is one of our teachers. And you will be able to unpack some of those things that are driving your life that you didn't realize that that was what the issue was. We, we many times think that it's the other person or the situation. And sometimes that is the instigator to kind of bring that reactivity out, like what Chris is talking about, but it's based in history. And so join us for one of our online workshops. You can look at newlife.com, all the descriptions there, or even better, just give us a call and we'll help you out and get you connected. We'll be right back after this. I was really living a very anxiety-filled life. 
I turned on New Life, and the topic that day was about anxiety. And just by listening, I got relief. You can help New Life stay on the air by joining Club New Life today. When you sign up to support us monthly through Club New Life, we'll send you the new member thank you gift of the Life Recovery Bible Personal Size, the One Year Life Recovery Prayer Devotional, the New Life Journal, a New Life Pen and Highlighter, and a New Life Zipper Tote to hold it all. Plus, there are ongoing benefits like access to the Club New Life video library, the monthly Club New Life CD or download, quarterly resources, free shipping on purchased resources, and discounts on workshops. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433. Support Club New Life, and together we can help hurting people find help and hope in life's hardest places. Call 1-800-639-5433 to join Club New Life today. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We're so glad you joined us. We're continuing to take calls at 1-800-229-3000. And, you know, just to encourage you, we're talking about, you know, when we talk about reactivity, we're talking about replacing that junk with the peace of Christ and it's possible. And so we want you to join us sometime at a workshop. And the online ones are really easy to get to. Right now, we're going to go to our calls and we're going to talk to Tamika, who's calling us from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, listens and watches on our YouTube channel. And we're so grateful for our YouTube uh, viewers. We're glad you're there. And glad you're watching us. How can we help you, Tamika? Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just love your life, so thank you for taking my call. I have a situation where my father is about to get married. Um, so my parents divorced. They've been divorced for about 10 years, and he's about to remarry. And the person that he's remarrying, I um, just, to be honest, I don't, I don't have a good relationship with this person and I do not um, want her around my kids. I feel like she doesn't respect my boundaries and when I shared that with my father, he basically is saying that if she can't be around the kids, then he won't be around the kids and I'm just trying to figure out how to handle this. Mm, That is tough. Well, Chris, let's start with you. Oh, that's a tough, that's, this is a tough one, Tamika, right? Because it's like your dad is saying, we come in a package deal, so if you can't accept half of us, you can't accept any of us. Mm. Um, mm. Tell me about the conversations that you've had with him around her, and, and also just getting a little bit more clarity on, you know, he said she doesn't respect boundaries, and you have a conflicted relationship with her. Give me a for instance. What does this look like? So, for example, whenever they had the kids, there was a moment where I said, you're watching them, but I only want to restrict them on the computer. Like, they can be on the computer for so long. So I have two kids. And um, when I was picked up the kids, they were telling me that that's what they did the majority of the time they were Mm, with them. And I just felt like they knew... You know, I was clear about what I expected. They knew what I wanted, but um, they didn't respect it. And really, it was her. She didn't respect it. And so when I addressed that with my father, I felt at the time like he heard me, but then there was a situation after that. And I feel like it's more of her. And so that's when I talked to him, and he was sharing with me 
that I needed. If he can't, if she can't be around him, then he can't be around him, and that's just that's hurtful. That so that that is hurtful. It, with my dad, it, it, and I'm wondering, Tamika, if if there are other possibilities here if we can if we can pull in some creativity and save like all or nothing but if if they can't respect boundaries around your children is there a way that they can see the children where you can protect the boundaries around them or limit that like is there other possibilities to maintain relationship here i haven't thought of that that's a that's a good thing maybe thinking of uh something else i can do but really you know, my issue is with with her. Yes, and it, that's what I want you to explore. What is it about her that's so disruptive to you? Do you? Because I do hear that you feel disrespected or unheard in that. But it's, we just talked about reactivity. It seems like a big reaction without a whole lot of connection with her. So check on two things there, Tamika. Does she remind you of someone else that has also disrespected your boundaries? And or is there anger and frustration that she's taking your mom's position by marrying your dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that, but I do feel like she's part of the reason why their relationship was disrupted in the first place. Mm. So she may have even entered into a relationship with your dad before the divorce took place. Yeah, I don't have any proof of that. But but you wonder that. Yeah, I wonder that. And so, and I just don't even know how to deal with that. You know, I don't know if I should ask. Should I bring that up? Because, you know, I don't I don't know. But I feel like that is something that's a possibility. So, Tamika, I can really relate to the screen time concerns. It's one of my favorite topics. And I also think very highly of limiting our kids' screen times. And so that's it's fine to be concerned about that. But as you're identifying, your problem with this woman is bigger than the screen time with the kids and so we have to choose is this the issue to break relationship with is it that important to break relationship with her because it's going to mean breaking relationship with your dad as well apparently but i think there are a couple of ways to address it so tamika i've i've decided that in order to maintain relationship with some extended family members i have to accept that for my kids to be in their presence there's going to be more screen time than i want but I've decided that that too much screen time is not as important as still being in relationship with the extended family members. So I let go of that particular standard because it's not a moral issue and it's not really a danger issue in a limited span of time with these people. So sometimes we have to let go of that because relationship is more important. But I also wonder if addressing the screen issue with this woman might might help. So you would do it in a couple of steps. First of all, thank you for watching the kids. They had fun when they were over at your house. Uh, but I, I do wonder, would you be willing to limit screen time more when they're over there? It's a really important matter to me. And would you consider doing that? I know that it's tough. Get her answer to that question. It's worth the attempt. But on the deeper side of things, you probably need to address and work on the resentment you have mm-hmm. towards this woman that she might have been part of breaking up your dad's marriage to your mom. Mm, that's yeah. good. That's really well, good. Chris, it, 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 you to that last point, thought? that's so good, Alice, <laughs> because it, it really comes down to what we all tend to do in certain situations is we make up our mind about someone before we get to know them. Mm. And, and there's a name for that. It's called judgment. Mm. 
And so, and it may be founded mm-hmm. on legitimate things, like you know, person shows up in a particular way or has particular behavior. But really, the key, especially I think in this, Tamika, is to do what exactly what Alice said is like, what's going on inside of me that I don't like about her? What's the story yeah. I'm telling myself about her? And is there a way that I can get to know her better? Mm, I love that. Well, Tamika, I hope something we said has helped you. We're going to send you a copy of the Life Recovery Bible, which has those principles of what you're talking about, Chris, with that surrender, that forgiveness, and um, just moving forward so that we can be the person that God has created us to be. It, it takes work on our part to maintain those relationships. And thanks, Alice. That was great insight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Larry Sonnenberg's in the studio with you guys, and nice, I'm ma'am. glad to see that. How are you, Larry? And what do you have for us? Right. Well, you've talked about lose it for life, and I want to add to that. uh, I'll see if I can get through all this before the break. But um, I want to talk about. I've been looking at testimonies from past lose it for lives, and the common theme in that is Steve is very funny, and it's (laughs) wonderful. It it makes it easier to Mm -hmm. talk through and help, and then. Oh, Michelle, Michelle, thank you. And then Michelle has got such a spiritual bent and Mm -hmm. a cheerfulness and joy about what she brings. And I just, we get lost sometimes in the technical part of what Steve is talking about to help you, and we don't think enough about the joyful part Mm. and what uh, how this is presented. And so, part of my encouragement is just for ladies to. To know and get that there is really something special at this workshop. And yeah. men, too, because we've helped yes, a lot of right. men lose weight, too. Right. That's right. It's not just for women. Yep. You're and right. if you've gotten bored and overwhelmed with exercise and how to eat right and what what's the underlying issue to all of this, um, Steve and Michelle, as a combination, they alleviate the heaviness of the topic mm-hmm. and they refresh the fun of it and the excitement and the interest in it. Uh, Michelle m- makes working out and exercise something that time goes by she too fast. Really does. Yeah. yeah, and for for people of any size, some people have to sit in a wheelchair and move their arms. And they they are they're joyful they're happy they they're part of the team they're doing something and they're not separated in another room and they're not just uh, a, a a piece of somebody that can't do what everybody else mm. is doing because they are doing things. Michelle always one has things- one of her instructors sitting in a chair doing the exercises yeah. to make it accessible to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that we know about Loser for Life is that we all have an it that we are dealing with. And so when we come together, it is not really just about that diet thing that everybody right. says. Right. You know, first three letters in diet are die. <laughs> and so we want you to we want you to live. That's why we call it Lose It for Life. And we want you to join us. You can register online. You can call us, 800 New Life. Um and Larry, I'll give you time when we come back after the break if you want. Okay. All righty. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll chase you off before. But you know, we are we are so grateful to be able to offer hope and help in this situation. We've been doing it for twenty years. We've helped men and women lose and keep off the weight that is holding them back from the life that they want to experience. We'll be right back after this. 
find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I wanted to give Larry an opportunity to share a testimony from one of those workshops that we've been talking about. Okay. Larry? Yeah, this, this, she says, my life before coming to the Lose It for Life workshop was filled with bitterness, resentment, guilt, shame, anger, self-loathing. Instead of really feeling my feelings and dealing with them, I tried to comfort and medicate myself with food. I gave food more power than Christ. Food was a God to me, but not a redeeming one. Mm -hmm. It was a destructive one. This workshop has been an emotional journey. I was able to face many emotions that I had been given too much power and control to and was able to surrender that to Christ. It's been freeing. I don't have to carry this anymore because Jesus wants to take and carry it for me. I wonder now why I've waited so long to let him. I'm leaving with a plan to recognize what's eating me and how to surrender that. A plan to exercise more, eat less sugar, drink more water. I'm leaving with a wonderful connection with seven new friends. I'm leaving mm-hmm. with hope and more trust in a loving God. I love that. So, I love that. So, folks, if you can support those things that happen at our workshops, I hope you will consider supporting us financially. You know, we have this, any gift, we get to take your life back book. And Alice is holding that up. And... Uh, but I mean, I I can't. I don't want to take so much time. We can't get another call in. But. Well, I'll, I'll take okay. more. I'll take more time. <laughs> One of the you things you pile on well. <laughs> the theme of the day. The theme of the day. The thing that I love about New Life, and especially your heart, Larry, is you never ever want finances to be an obstacle mm-hmm. for people to get the healing and help that they need. That is only possible because of our generous listeners and supporters. We are a family, and we take care of ourselves, and we take care of each other really, really well. So today, if it's on your heart, and um, God has a will for you, and let me know, and I'll tell you what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Support somebody who's suffering in silence who needs help. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, storing treasures in heaven. Thank you. The scholarship fund's a great to, way to do it, too. So help us with that, I folks. I love it. I love it. And thanks to all of our Club New Life family that gives on Amen. a monthly basis. And you can join, and we'll give you a library of devotionals that will change your life as well. But in any way, you're making a difference. And right now, we're going to try and make a difference in the life of Lucy, who's calling us from Denver, Colorado. And she listens on the Internet, which we are so grateful for our Internet audience as well. Hey, Lucy, thanks for calling. How can we help you? Hi, I actually, well, I'll go ahead and start with my question. So, I have uh, three older brothers that I don't really have a good relationship with, and I'm wondering how do I build a good relationship with them, Um, and a little bit of backstory is, so, I also have two sisters, and I have a good relationship with both of them, but my older brothers... um, have always been kind of distant. There's a larger age gap between all of us. And as we have all, um, you know, just been adults and pursued their own lives, they haven't really ever, I guess, really haven't ever pursued a relationship with me. And Mm. as, you know, a sister, I, you know, like always looked up to them and wanted to have 
you know, to know that they would protect me and be there for me. And, you know, if I got a flat, that they would come and, you know, just like help me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it causes me a little bit of, you know, I'm not really worried about it day to day, but, um, you know, it's just kind of hurtful sometimes when I just think about it and I'm like, man, like I wish we were closer, but mm. I'm not really sure how to build that with them. Lucy, was there ever a major rupture in relationship, harm done, or just always this distance? Um, it, it's always been this distance. I would say that with all of them, they felt like they they kind of just needed to like leave our home. Um, like they all just wanted the independence and everything. So as soon as they got that, they kind of all left. And uh, do you live at a great distance from them physically? Uh, no. Huh. And do any of no, them I have? Live, do I any of Do any of them have children? Uh, yeah. One of them is married and has two kids, and the other two are um, single or dating. And if you were to to tell them, I wish we were closer. Are you interested in growing our relationship a little bit? Could we have a meal more frequently or a phone call every so often? How do you think they would respond? Um, I think they would be nice to me in the moment, but I think when it actually came to making the plans, which this has happened before, um, you know, they, they fall through or they make some excuse or, you know, they get called into work and they don't, re- you know, and so I've, I've worked on it. Okay, so <laughs> I, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. So here's what you need to do. Lucy, you need to create a large personal crisis for yourself that only they could rescue. <laughs> yeah, I'm this kidding. is getting interesting. I'm, you're kidding. You're kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Clarify that. Chris. Okay. Yes. That's actually called triangulation. So you don't want to do yes. that. You're playing a victim looking for them to be a rescuer. So don't do that. Um, I do have a different suggestion. I, I think that. They are distant for the same reason that you could be close. Mm. A shared experience. Mm-hmm. And so not that not that they're going to run back into be like, hey, guys, let's all get together and talk about how terrible our childhoods were or anything like that. Right. It doesn't have to be true. Right. But what I would suggest is seeing if eliminating – all other distractions, if there was, so there's six of you, is that right? Yeah. If you can have like a night event with just the six of you, that would be fun and enjoyable and just together. I think in, in mm-hmm. initiating a relationship with them, it's just really that, <laughs> getting to know them. And, and especially as a younger sibling, the expectation is that they will initiate. But the truth mm-hmm. is, is that they're not. And, and in fact, I'll just say this. I think in our culture today, we're terrible at initiating connection and relationship. And so mm-hmm. to expect others to do that only puts our own expectations at risk for resentment. So we must be the ones that initiate and that reach out. And it could take a while, and you have to work through some disappointment if, if that isn't responded well or rejected. 
Right. And you know what? To that point, Chris, it's kind of like that saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. If I desire that relationship, I'm mm-hmm. going to create regular r- routine interactions. It's, you know, holidays are a great example, mm-hmm. but holidays can get kind of crowded. So maybe you make your own holiday, you know, that it's like the first Saturday of August, the family will get together and go play putt-putt. And you're, you're just creating those experiences like you're talking about, Chris, mm-hmm. and then you begin to connect in that way i hope lucy that that's helpful and uh i don't know do you guys have a book that you want to uh suggest um i don't i can't how we love maybe i think how we love is a good book for understanding those connections i think i think that how we love as well because it helps us talk about our childhood it helps us connect to our own origin story and to the origin stories of others and it helps us understand why our brothers don't connect with us and yeah. to relieve them of the obligation when we get to understand that a little bit more. We're so glad you called, Lucy, and we're so grateful for all of you who have checked in today. Alice or Chris, what do you have for our final word as we um, close this program? I want to end with Chris's idea about our lack of power because there's a secret strength in our ability to accept that I have limited power or no power, but if I let in the Lord and if I let in other safe people that want to heal alongside me, I regain more of that agency over my life. And it's through the secret of the admission of powerlessness. I love that. Thanks, Thanks for so listening. Much. We hope this program has helped you by giving you insights for handling the challenges you face in your life. We want you to know that we're here for you, but you also need to know that New Life Live is a listener-supported ministry. To make your donation or to get any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or write to us at New Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1029, Lake Forest, California, 92609. Please join us again tomorrow for New Life Live. Today's podcast can be downloaded through iTunes or streamed through your mobile device using the New Life app. Visit newlife.com to download the app today.